You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Cross and now speed with a two-on-one. Here's the shot save made by Mrazic. Josh was along for the ride as well. Now they got to get back after the middle stack. And Josh two-on-one. Tyler Johnson sends it in from the score! Seth Jones went to the net. Or is that Johnson? Not Seth Jones. Yeah, Seth Jones, a big night for him. Game tire in the final minute. Game winner in overtime. That's the play of the game right there for Chicago as they win it in overtime. It's brought to you by NOCO, delivering comfort to homes and businesses since 1933. We welcome you here to the postgame. Brian Colzio with you. I just think an unexcusable loss tonight to Chicago. The worst team in the NHL at 3-1, you're up and you blow the lead. All right, live reaction. Let's go to Craig Anderson with Paul in Chicago. Brian, uh, or thank you, Brian. Craig, uh, what did you see on the on the goal when Johnson was right there? Uh, his elbow goes right into my glove. Doesn't allow me to make my make the save. On a wrist shot from the point that um, all day long, you know. So his, you know, on the replay, from what I'm seeing, you know, obviously, I don't make the calls, but his left foot's in the crease. His elbow goes into my glove, and not allowing my glove to make the save. But you know, you don't get the calls. You got to battle through and find a way to win. And um, you know, we just weren't able to do that. It's maddening the inconsistency, though, when it comes to calls like that. Well, I'm just confused. That's all. You know, there's no explanation. You don't get anything. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you don't have control over it, so you can't waste your energy. How about the, the third period? You guys had the lead. Uh, you weren't able to get it in. Do you, w- w- was there some fatigue from last night, do you think? No, not at all. You know, sway the momentum swings, and, you know, we, we hit the post a couple of times. We could have had numerous opportunities, um, you know, on the other side of the puck. So, um, you know, our game is, is uh, where it needs to be. We just, you know, got to find a way to, to close it out. Thank you, Craig. Craig Anderson of the postgame. Brian, back to you. All right, Paul. So, yeah, there's the explanation from Craig Anderson. Says Johnson, his elbow went right into his glove, didn't allow him to make the play and make the save. Like, you don't get calls, though. You got to battle through. Says he was confused, though, because he got no explanation. I mean, welcome to the NHL, Craig. You've been playing for 21 years I've been doing shows here for 15 years. It hasn't changed. That's one thing that the NHL does a terrible job of is they always say the goal stands, the goal reverse. There is no goal. There's never any explanation. At the very least, too, like, come on, Anderson's a 21-year veteran. The referee can't go over to Anderson and give him a little, hey, this is what we saw. This is, or this is what the war room said to us in Toronto. This is why it went that way. Like, I just think, you know. You owe it to, you want players and officials at that level to have some, what you'd consider professional give and take. You know, games don't, the officials don't want to have games decided by them either. Anderson, I think, was worthy, you know, of an explanation there. But, you know, he says elbows, uh, he said Johnson's elbow went right into his glove. So uh, from the backside, it looked like 
Anderson's glove didn't get over in time. So, you know, I'll take him for his word at that point. Now, is that the story of the game? No, I mean, you, you can't blow a 3-1 lead going into the third period against the worst team in the NHL. I mean, that's still, to me, the major story for this team. The killer instinct to finish this team off there. I mean, you score one more, it's over. You had the empty net opportunities. Could have ended it there. But, you know, Buffalo obviously let them hang around. Darlene taking the 10-minute misconduct. Now they got through it in terms of goals against. But Darlene also, we know, a very good creator for the Sabres. Could have been an opportunity for maybe the Sabres to put the game away during that stretch. He got hooked for sure. You know, what he said to the referee, maybe Darlene will let us know here at some point. I don't know. But uh, it was a 10-minute uh, misconduct, and the Sabres had their best defenseman and maybe best player off for 10 minutes in the third that maybe it could have led to Buffalo going up 4-1. Again, opportunities still, though. You're up two against the worst team in the league going into the third. You have to figure out a way to get it done. Whether you lose Darlene, whether, there's An whether Anderson was interfered with or not, like you have to figure out a way to finish that off. Were there some circumstances in there? For sure, but you got to figure out a way to finish it. All right, back to the room in Chicago. Here's Tyson Joe's live. Tyson, you guys uh, had a good game going. Do you just have to figure out a way to get finish that and get that game into the garage? Yeah, obviously. Um, yeah, that one stings. So um, we'll go over it and figure out what uh, what needs to be better. Um, I thought we did a lot of good things, obviously, and uh, we just kind of crept away a little bit from our game. But um, yeah, that one that one stings for sure. It's tough, so especially to lose from behind like that. But um, just another thing that we got to learn from and tighten it up a little bit, but definitely stinks. Did you feel uh, you guys were feeling the effects from last night? Uh, no. Um, honestly, I think we had more jump today than we did yesterday. Um, yesterday, I think we were a little, a little bit flat. And um, I mean, we were creating stuff and a couple of point shots and maybe just some extended D zone, but I think we were fine. It was just, just a couple of little, little lulls there. And, um, yeah, we'll go over it and kind of see what our mistakes were. And um, there's definitely positives to go to that game for sure. But um, it's just tough when, when you lose, when you're when you're up like that. And um, this was a big two points. But again, there's the thing that's positive is there's a lot of games coming up here with this next stretch. And um, we just got to look forward to the next game and, and keep building and, and getting better. What did you like about the game that allows you to build the lead through two periods? Yeah, that we got off to a good start. And um, we're doing well. We're on top of pucks. And, Pressuring them, using our speed and our skill, and being tenacious. And um, you could see when we did that, we got a lot of offensive zone time and uh, good chances. And uh, we just got to keep doing that. We just got to hit the repeat button on that and um, keep kind of turning it over shift by shift. And even when there is a defensive zone shift, just kind of be calm and, and don't panic. And I thought we did that at times too. So um, I think there's definitely some positives here. It's just tough when you come out of that and you, you don't get to two points. Did you feel frustration that you couldn't get that fourth goal across? You certainly had some chances to score that fourth goal. Yeah, we did. There was there was a lot of chances. Um, yeah, frustration sets in a little bit. I don't think we we're feeling it too much of the bench compared to some other games, like maybe even last night, where there there definitely was some frustration in our game. But um, that's hockey. That's going to happen, and um, we just got to find a way to to kind of man up and, and put that puck in the back of the net. But um, you look at the game, and we were getting a ton of chances. Thanks, Tyson. Tyson Jost on the post game. Ryan, back to you. All right, Paul. Thank you, Tyson Jost. There before that, Craig Anderson. I thought Jost's line was excellent tonight. They started off 
very early, maybe it would have even been their first shift of the game in the first period. Uh, I thought they looked very, very good. They obviously eventually got on the scoreboard, uh, which gave Buffalo their first goal. Joe, some really good work in the corner that ends up to going to the net, and uh, Olison finishes it off. That line, I think, has been pretty good. You know, five-on-five five scenarios. Um, you know, the game winner, you'd love middle stats to maybe be a little stronger there on Jones going to the net. Just, it shouldn't come down to that. I mean, this team, we want to sit here and believe that they're turning the corner in the standings. That, hey, you know, all right, you got games in hand. You're not that far back. But you can't just keep having opportunities and let them slip away. Last week, you've got a four-game homestand. And you're playing the worst of the four teams, Philadelphia. And you come out and you just absolutely lay an egg. Tonight, you're playing the worst team in the National Hockey League. And you're playing good through 40 minutes. You have a two-goal lead, and you figure out a way not to finish that off. Fig I mean, there were some things that went against them. Sure, Darlene got hooked. If you want to say Anderson should have been called for goal to, or that Anderson had, you know, some trouble in the crease there, maybe. But it's the NHL. You know it's the worst officiated league for consistency with calls with goaltender interference. Like, you know, like did we really know how that was going to go? No. I'm sitting here saying, yeah, that looks like it. And then the next angle, I'm like, ah, maybe that doesn't. We know. I, and guess what? If that same sequence has happens in a game tomorrow, the call will go the other way. And we'll have no explanation why. And just because this is just what this league does. So with that being said, I mean, you've got to figure out a way to get it done. Just you can't here play these teams. You know, the Flyers have been bad. The Blackhawks are the worst team. You can't just give away points. If you are... <laughs> If you're struggling and you've got injuries and, you know, you just can't figure it out, like, all right, well, at the end of the night, you say, geez, I don't know, just what happened. You're up 3-1 and you're playing good. Like, you cannot let that happen. Chicago's really, at that point, like, all right, we're going to go out and skate for these final 20 and get this over with. But you give them a goal really early in the period, which gives them life. 134 in. All right, back to Chicago Live. Here's Don Granato. Thanks, Brian. Uh, Craig Anderson was really upset. He said, look, it, they don't even give me an explanation. I got the player's elbow in my glove. I can't make the save. And he said, I don't know. He goes, nobody gives me an explanation. I mean, how did you see the whole thing? Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's uh, the league reviewed it, so there's nothing to say. I mean, they reviewed it, and you, you've got to move on and move on overtime at that point. So yeah, I'm not going to comment on that. It's just uh, a lot, lot more game than just that instance, and we put ourselves in that position. So. In what way? There, there was a that goal mattered for time. We we had a couple goal posts. We had more opportunity to put that game greater separation. So, yeah, I'm not going to be critical on, on that at this point. You knew the surge was coming in the third period from that team. What didn't you like about the way you guys just handled handled that emotional moment of the game? We uh, well, obviously, I don't like the result, but it, but again, there was enough in that game. Scoring chance wise, again, a couple couple goal posts in the third period. So it wasn't like we sat back in the third period by any means. But um, you know, we didn't uh, didn't bear down on our chances because we, we obviously had more chances. We just didn't bear down and and, and allowed that game to remain close. I thought if you're looking at the six on five, we needed to be way more aggressive. Um, and then they had they had, we didn't. A couple opportunities, six on five or five on six, to take time and space away quicker. We didn't read that and weren't decisive enough. And they got some prolonged time and too too easy of a look. So, um, 
obviously disappointing. There were two things in overtime. You did have some chances. I think Darlene walked in and had a great chance that they made a bad save on. On the flip side, though, would you prefer some of those long shots maybe you not take because being three-on-three, sometimes they come out the other way and you got two-on-ones coming the other way at you? Yeah, you've got to be sure, certain when you're taking those chances and ready, as you as you say, for the puck to go back the other way if you don't score on those chances. Um, but, yeah, you have to you, – you you need to be selective. You can't just be throwing pucks at the net in overtime. But, you know, Darlene going to the net, Middlestead with a hell of a shot um, just before they scored. And that's the unfortunate thing. When you're staring down a scoring opportunity uh, on that, on, on the flow of it, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to get flow back if you miss. And, and that's that's what happened. And, um, again, we, we – we, it's, it's, it's a break that went the other way. Um, disappointed that there, we didn't have greater separation at that point with the opportunity we had in the game to create greater separation uh, yeah. for the final couple minutes. You had to be happy with what you saw from Krebs, especially uh, being able to get that shorthanded goal for you. Krebs had a great jump. Um, you know, obviously uh, stepping back for a couple games, he came comes in the lineup and had a great jump. Very nice to see him score. He had a breakaway much like that, uh, you know, a week or two ago. Uh, got in the same situation, adjusted what he did, and and, and, and made it made it happen. So nice to see that progress. Darlene's time in a penalty didn't factor into the result, obviously. But how do you want him to handle that situation if you know it does happen again? He's got an issue with a call because obviously they didn't like the way that he handled just approaching them after the play. Yeah, that's not uh, not right on Dahl's part. Period. Simple. I think we all know that. Anybody watching, you, you don't put yourself and your team in that position. So. Um, and, and, and he knows it, so and learn from it. Um, but uh, not a good play. Thanks, coach. Thank you, Don Granado on the post game. Brian, back to you. All right, Paul. Thank you very much. Uh, Don Granado's post game comments brought to you by Salino Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Tempstar Emergency Services specialists bringing heat on and off the ice. Four three, Chicago winning it in overtime. Go back to Chicago, get a couple of thoughts here from Paul Hamilton. Paul, after we talked after two, I didn't think that we would have much drama here in the third, but boy, is there a lot to talk about. You've got the Darlene misconduct, you've got the goaltender interference, and then, of course, you've got the blown two-goal lead. Let's start with the game winner. What'd you see there? Eventually, Jones gets it in. Yeah, uh... It's a lot of things. I, I actually want to start with Darlene. Uh, it, it just, it's something that he, he, he's going to have to learn from. I mean, you're in a close game. Your team needs you in a close game. And they didn't score. I mean, he was 3-2 when he went into the box. and was 3-2 when he came out. But maybe it could have been 4-2. Maybe it could have been 5-2. Maybe he could have led to the offense. You know, there are a lot of things that he can do that other people can't. And he can't make himself unavailable to his teammates for 10 minutes because of that. If it's an injury, that's one thing. But in a close game, because of that, you just can't make yourself unavailable. What do you think you're going to do? Go over there and change the guy's mind? I mean, you're not going to change his mind. And he didn't touch him, so I imagine he said the magic word and, uh, you know, wound up, wound up in the penalty box. So, you know, that just... Taking himself out of a third period of a close game like that for 10 minutes, I just think is inexcusable. On the other thing with Anderson, um, I immediately tweeted, I mean, there's Johnson in his lap. And I saw the same thing that he talked about. He's got his elbow in his glove. So, all right, exactly how do you expect him to come across and make the save? 
you know, w- with that. And then, you know, as he said, he goes, well, I don't know, because they didn't come over and tell me anything. You know, so, so you know, he was, he was pretty upset with that. But, uh, you know, I saw the same thing he did, and I don't understand in Toronto how they didn't see that, because it was pretty obvious on the replay. Paul, I mean, add, we don't have time for a rant on the league's goaltender interference policy, but I mean, just add it to the list of you just put your hands up and say, what is the rule? There's, and because there's no explanation, all we can do is just sit here and speculate every single time. There will it's, be it's, later, but you'll be long yeah. off the air by the time that explanation gets uh, emailed to you. Yeah, but, I mean, you've got a 21-year-plus goalie here in net. I'm sure... He was, you know, he, he maybe wasn't what Darlene did in terms of being frustrated. I mean, asking for an explanation, like, I feel like a player would get something there. If, t- if Tom Brady doesn't get, a, you know, wants an explanation on a call, I feel like he gets it. I mean, I'm not saying, Tom, I'm not saying Craig Anderson is Tom Brady. I'm saying a guy that's played that long, that's respected around the league, like, I feel like he should get something, but nevertheless. And I want right. to be very clear yes. before anybody tweets me or whatever. I'm not blaming the game on that. You've got to pull up yes. your socks and play. I mean, already didn't go your way. There are a lot of things in officiating in this league that aren't going to go your way. We all know that. I don't understand it, but still, it happened. It's okay. Well, you still got more game to play. And that over, I didn't like that overtime. I really didn't. I, I know they had some chances. Darlene cut in and had a good chance. But you can't be taking shots from the blue line because you're going to lose possession of the puck unless it goes in. And... You know, Chicago wound up with a couple of breaks because of it. And uh, I'm trying to think on the game winner if maybe uh, – I'm trying to think if that, a shot led to that or not. I can't remember because i got to get downstairs. So I don't yeah. – I actually sit there and watch the three or four replays. I, I see the goal and I run. But, uh, you know, that, that could have also happened there. They, I just didn't like – you can't be taking long shots on, on – uh, you know, during overtime because you lose possession. you got to be very mindful of the possession – and mindful of the type of shot you're taking, yeah, I suppose it could go in, but the chances of it going in versus the chances that I'm coming back on you two on one or three on one or something like that or two on zero oh are much more greater than you scoring from taking a shot from inside the blue line. Yeah, I then go just to finish with you, Paul. Here, I think you're right. You have the Darlene mistake. You have the questionable call in the crease. But you're up 3-1 against the worst team in the league going to the third. You have to figure out a way to make sure you get two points. And they didn't. And, you know, the inconsistencies of this team, there's another one on display right here. Yeah, you get a point out of it, but that's not good enough. And I don't care if you got a bad call. I don't care. I don't care if Darlene didn't swear, whatever. All right, let's say he didn't deserve a 10-minute misconduct. We're not down there. We didn't hear what was said. Well, shake it off you still have to overcome that bad call. This is the National Hockey League, the league of horrendous calls nightly at going to both teams. You have to figure out a way when you get a bad call to overcome it, and they didn't. Yep. Okay, Paul, have a safe trip back, and great great job as always tonight. Looking forward to our Ryan Miller coverage uh, starting at 6 o'clock on Thursday. I know you'll be a big part of it. Yep, sounds good. Okay, great. Paul Hamilton at United Center there. Sabres fall 4-3. to three. You know, just it can't happen here. We're sitting here talking every night. Okay, here's another opportunity in the standings. Here's another opportunity with the schedule. Here's another an easy team. Huge week for the Sabers. 
you're playing Florida and the Islanders at home. These are the two teams in front of you, or at least that was tied with you, Florida was. Then you've got the worst two teams in the West, Chicago and Anaheim. So far, you're one out of four in terms of points. That's just, you know, that's not good. You know, for me to even say this is a successful week, if you win the next two in regulation, you go 2-1-1, one, and one, I guess I'd say mild, a mild successful week. But I thought it had to be 3-1, and one, and you had to beat Florida and the Islanders in some capacity. And, you know, now to me, you know, the standings, these games in hand, like, again, more of those, you know, you're, you're losing here. You want this season to have some value in the standings. You want to have those, you know, the line we like to poke fun at, the meaningful games in March. Like, you want to have those? Well, you can't keep just letting these little points here slip away. And with how bad Chicago is this year, t- tonight's loss feels worse than just throwing a point away on the board. 4-3 the final. At this time, we're going to say goodnight to all of our local affiliate stations. If you want to keep listening, go to WGR550.com or in the or on the Odyssey app. And for all of you on WGR, more postgame coming up. We'll update the standings. We'll get in a couple of more highlights, get to the final stats. 4-3 Chicago in overtime. Seth Jones, the game tire and the game winner, the first star. Big night for him. This is the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. himself up and a breakaway for Domi. Domi settles it in front of the net. Saved by Anderson. Tage Thompson trying to leave it. Domi intercepts. Domi comes off the boards with a shot. Anderson just holds on to that one. And the Hawks come close. Moments before that, the Sabres, Robin Rasmus Dolene did as well. The saves from Craig Anderson in overtime. Those are the saves of the game brought to you by your upstate Honda dealers, new inventory is arriving daily. 4-3 Chicago. The score, if you're just joining us here on the postgame, Craig Anderson saying quite a bit that he thought he had been interfered with. He said that Johnson had his elbow in his glove and he was trying to get it up in time, could not. Obviously, the officials and the replay booth in Toronto thought the other way. Anderson mostly upset, though, because he says he got no explanation. Rasmus Dahlin, 10-minute misconduct for being hooked on what was the 3-2 goal. Obviously, the officials didn't like whatever he said, uh, but Don Granato kind of upset with Darlene's, and he just can't do that. So, look at you, you hurt your team, you're off the ice for 10 minutes, and Paul and I are on the same page there, too. Yes, you didn't give up a goal, but Darlene creates so much offense, he essentially plays every other shift for your team. There could have been something within there that he helps create to put yourself up 4-2, to two, and maybe it ends the game right there. Let's get our first response from the fans now, brought to you by Serve Pro of Central Buffalo's Team Luzzy. Serve Pro of Central Buffalo's Team Luzzy is first and faster to any size disaster. Visit TeamLuzzy.com. All right, lots of uh, tweets in here tonight. You can always send them at BrianWGR. Uh, got a couple coming in here. Patrick in Buffalo says, Granado messed up with two minutes to go. He had the Thompson line on the ice for the offensive zone faceoff. It's like the Jost line should have been out there taking that draw. Instead, the top line was gassed. They never got possession. Eventually, it led to Chicago's tying game goal. Another reaction here coming in. Um, Zach saying, 
Sabres can't make the playoffs if you lose these type of games. I understand it's one game, but these add up. Ryan says the Blackhawks had 20 shots on goal. 20 and one, four to three. Yep, that's, uh, that's not a good look statistically for sure. Uh, ben says tonight's loss hurts more than any other this season because it confirms we're not ready to win yet, which while it's understandable, it really kills me as a diehard fan. Okay. Uh, Buffalo Huddle says, um, in response to the Anderson quote, saying, not sure if this makes sense, but it did look like interference. Uh, then we've got some others that, you know, Mike saying, a weak argument by Anderson, maybe don't have your glove in his back. He wasn't even in the crease. So, you know, you've got, we've gotten a lot in here. Um, you know, Janice says, nice try to sell it by Anderson. I just watched the replay, and Johnson never put his elbow into his mitt. Anderson put his mitt on Johnson's shoulder trying to get an interference call. So back and forth there with people on Anderson. Uh, Jim says, I didn't see anything egregious there on the Anderson interference, but long-range goals kill them. Do other teams seem to get scored on this like that quite a bit? It does seem like the Sabres give up a ton of shots that come out from long range through traffic. I would say it's less on the goalies, and we saw this with Lucan in the other night too. He couldn't see some of those goals the other night uh, against Florida because of the screens. He couldn't see him against Winnipeg because of the screens. If anything, what you want to take out of that is the Sabres need to do a better job clearing out bodies, which is something that we know that they've struggled with for years, for sure. All right. There's some of the thoughts. You can always send them uh, here at Brian WGR. Let's get to our final stats now, brought to you by Paddock Chevrolet with you for the extra mile. Final shot totals end up 33-26 Buffalo, in the overtime, it was 3-2 Chicago. Both teams 0 for the night in the power play. Again, Buffalo's power play doesn't get a lot of opportunities, but still, they're one of the best in the league, and they're 0 for the night, 0 for 2. Chicago 0 for 1, but you get opportunities to score. Now, the special teams did come through with a shorthanded goal, so, you know, Krebs gets credit for that for sure, but the power play still an opportunity where they can win it or give themselves a bigger cushion. It's not coming through right now. In net, Peter Morazic gets the win, 30 saves. Craig Anderson, the OT loss, 22 saves. By the way, one of those tweets said 20 shots. They had 26. Hadn't looked at the final shot totals yet. Uh, your three stars, Murphy is star number three. Kurashev star number two. And Seth Jones with two goals, the game tire and the game winner. He's star number one. Good news for the Sabres, at least. Still not talking about any injuries. So... A full lineup. We'll have to see what the... I would expect Lucan will be called back up. Can't sit Krebs. You know, I we we saw Elliot Friedman was saying that there is a, an attempt to maybe try and move Hinestroza. That's, you know, the, the Quinn, Paterka, Krebs call-up, call-up down thing. I get it. To have Lucan in play, you want your best goalie playing. But at this point, like, listen, all three of those guys are better right now than what Hinestroza is giving you, so... Trade Hinestroza, get him on a team so he can play. I think it's I think it's a win-win. The Sabres free up the roster spot. Also, Anderson, I think, is doing a, a do-good for a veteran like Hinestroza, who's well-liked on this team, but his job has really been replaced by Tyson Jost, I think, from that, you know, that acquisition from Adams, who I think did a good job with that. I think uh, that pretty much sent Hinestroza out now, and I think Jost gives you a lot more. I thought Jost was great tonight. I thought he was one of the best Sabres. But no injuries. So, you know, I think maybe we'll see that move. Maybe, who knows, maybe within the next day or two before the game, 
against the Islanders on Thursday. And, of course, that's Ryan Miller night. If you're going to the game, be in your seats by 5.50. Ceremony's going to start at 6. We'll have it for you right here on WGR. Face-off will be at 7.30. The ceremony's supposed to last about 45, 50 minutes. And the teams will warm up around 7 o'clock. They'll go through that normal kind of half hour before the game like you would normally see. And then puck drop at 7.30. But uh, if you're going to the game, I think it's going to be a great night. A lot of alums are coming to speak. Of course, Ryan Miller's going to speak. They're going to raise the banner. They're going to have banner, uh, replica banners to give away to all the fans. But make sure, again, make plans to get there early. The Sabres are encouraging everybody to be there at 5.50 and in your seats for the ceremony that's going to start promptly at 6 o'clock. And with that, that's when I'll speak with you next. It'll be Thursday from downtown Buffalo. We'll put a wrap here on the post-game show tonight. I want to thank our crew. TJ Luckman, our network producer. Thank you, TJ. Kyle Powell on our social media and game story. You can check it out, WGR550.com. Tom Maddy is our engineer. Paul Hamilton, our reporter in Chicago. Chopin the Bulldog on the pregame show tonight. Actually, I was on the pregame show tonight. Chopin the Bulldog leading me in. Thank you, guys. And, uh, of course, Dan Dunleavy and Rob Ray on the play-by-play. I'm Brian Colziel. Final score in overtime. Blackhawks 4, Sabres 3. We will talk to you Thursday night. Ryan Miller night. Sabres and Islanders right here on the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Good night, everyone. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.